Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Percival, Virginia. My name is Ben Franks and I'm here with Pastor Charles Biggs. Morning. Good morning. So Pastor Biggs, today we are uh, working through Lord's Day 18 of the Heidelberg Catechism, uh, continuing to look at the, the creed's statements about Christ and especially about Christ's ascension, which is one of those things that uh, I think if we list, you know, the kind of central events in Jesus' life, it's not one of the ones that most people would would think of, or if they do, it might be kind of at the end because they think of, you know, Christmas and they think of Easter, and then after that we kind of get a little fuzzy, but this is really so important, isn't it? And these questions help to explain why. So let me read the Lord's Day questions that we have here. This is questions 46 through 49, and then we'll uh, hear you help us understand what these are all about. So question 46 asks, what do you mean by saying he ascended to heaven? That Christ, while his disciples watched, was lifted up from the earth to heaven and will be there for our good until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. Question 47, but isn't Christ with us until the end of the world as he promised us? Christ is truly human and truly God. In his human nature, Christ is not now on earth, but in his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, capital S, he is not absent from us for a moment. Question 48. If his humanity is not present wherever his divinity is, then aren't the two natures of Christ separated from each other? Certainly not. Since divinity is not limited and is present everywhere, it's evident that Christ's divinity is surely beyond the bounds of the humanity he has taken on. But at the same time, his divinity is in and remains personally united to his humanity. And then lastly, question 49. How does Christ's ascension to heaven benefit us? First, he pleads our cause in heaven, in the presence of his Father. Second, we have our own flesh in heaven, a guarantee that Christ, our head, will take us, his members, to himself in heaven. And third, he sends his spirit to us on earth as a further guarantee. By the spirit's power, we make the goal of our lives not earthly things, but the things above where Christ is sitting at God's right hand. Mm. Amen. What uh, the scripture that comes to mind first of all is the the summary of the confession uh, in First Timothy three sixteen. Uh, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. It says he God was manifest in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. I love that last part, taken up into glory. And and if I may, uh, before I. Uh, say, tease out some of the scriptures, I just want to say very personally how the ascension of the Lord Jesus encourages me uh, every day and how I seek to encourage others with it. When, when, when I awaken in the morning, I seek to be reminded that, God, that, that Jesus is at God's right hand, ever praying, ever interceding, ever ruling and reigning over heaven and earth. It gives us great hope um, to have our faith fixed 
on Christ in that way, to see him seated at God's right hand, to see him as the minister in the heavenly places, as Hebrews 8 says, it helps us and strengthens us to be uh, faithful to our wives, uh, to our children, uh, when I'm uh, preparing to preach or, or to pray, to, to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the ruling, reigning king at God's right hand. I see you. I look to you by faith uh, to, to give us strength when we are weak. Um, uh, to, to, to continue to be with us by his Holy Spirit. Um, I, I, I want to see his beauty and glory, and I encourage others to see his beauty and glory in his ascension because he's full of grace and truth. He's, he's got everything that we need. And Hebrews 4 tells us uh, that we can boldly come to the throne of grace where Christ is seated in the heavenly places not made with hands. And we can uh, receive mercy, and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's such rich truth. So the ascension is most important to be focused on. Now, a second thing I sometimes will ask uh, for fun is I'll ask uh, my daughters or other young people where Jesus is. And some will say, well, Jesus is everywhere present. Some will say, Jesus lives in my heart. Very uh, few times have I found, very seldom have I found that somebody will say, Jesus is at God's right hand. You remember the author of Hebrews, he wants to emphasize that over and over, that Jesus sat down, that the one who is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, the one who upholds the universe by the, the word of his power, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And he continues to tell us that, you know, the, the author over and over. It's the ascension. It's where Jesus is at God's right hand. So what's the answer to that? Well, as God, is the Son of God equal in power and glory with the Father and the Spirit? Um, he is everywhere present. Right? Um, as the one who comes by Spirit, He lives within our hearts. Uh, we're, we're, Christ in you is the hope of glory. But it's most important to centrally remember the one person with two natures. As our catechism says, who's the only redeemer of God's elect? The only redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who, being the eternal Son of God, became man, and so was, and continues to be, God and man, in two distinct natures, and one person forever. It's important to see Christ at God's right hand. Yes, as Son of God, He's everywhere present, and, and yes, by His Holy Spirit, He's with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us, but it's most important to understand that there is a man united in permanent, personal, hypostatic union to deity, the very Son of God united to our humanity, who's glorified and who is seated, enthroned at God's right hand as our advocate, as our friend, as our Savior, as our Redeemer. And that's what the, um, the, the Catechism is getting at in questions 47 and 48, is that if he's lifted up, if he's at God's right hand, if he's ascended, uh, preparing a place for us, it seems like he's so far away, so transcendent. And so the author uh, uh, is reminding us here, uh, the catechism is reminding us here, is that he's present with us by his Holy Spirit, that by his Spirit he's anointed us, by his Holy Spirit he's sealed us into the day of redemption, by his Holy Spirit uh, he continues to fill us, by his Holy Spirit he continues to sanctify us, by his Holy Spirit he promises I will never leave you nor forsake you, by his Holy Spirit he says I will be with you always even to the end of the age. And so he's never absent from us, and he does indeed live within us, but not in his humanity in that sense. It, we do not want to ever, 
<laughs> consider Jesus's humanity as being able to be everywhere present or being with it in with and under uh, we want him we need him we must have him that is the glorified God man the one person in two natures the Lord Jesus Christ at God's right hand um, as the one who has accomplished our salvation as the one who continues to plead our case as an advocate with the Father and so this question 48 the Godhead is incomprehensible everywhere present. It must follow it indeed beyond the bounds of the manhood which has been assumed, but yet nonetheless in the same also remains personally united. So these are the things I've already uh, tried to um, accent. But 47 and 48 is reminding us of the one Redeemer, one person with two natures, and that the human nature is not everywhere present. It is at the right hand of God. And, and that's both because, as you said, positionally that's where we need him to be and where redemptive historically God has ordained him to be. And also because his human nature is a human nature. Yes. And humanity it, by its definition it, is not it, everywhere present. That's it, essentially part of the divine nature. If his human nature was everywhere present, we would not have a faithful savior. We would have something other than a, 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 a man who has been our representative, second Adam and faithful Israel. Um, the final, the benefit, oh, well, I've tried to think about the benefits from the very beginning, but, but just the, to think about that, to focus on each day uh, with faith that our Savior who lived for us and who died for us, who's been raised for us, has also been enthroned for us at God's right hand to be equipped fully with the Holy Spirit to provide us whatever we need. That's John 1.18. And that's Acts 2, uh, 33 and following, um, that since we've even been raised with Christ, we want to seek the things that are above where Christ is, and that we want to remember that Christ is our life, that, that, that he's given us eternal life. We pass from death to life. We live in union with him, and that when he appears, when he returns bodily, in the same way he went away, as we're taught in Acts 1, and other places, um, that that we will appear also with him. He will return as one person, uh, God-man, to come and restore the new heavens and the new earth, to, or to restore the heavens and the earth, to bring in the new creation fully and finally, to rescue us fully and finally from the presence and the power of sin, uh, from death, uh, to 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 wipe away the tears from our eyes, from all the suffering and the tribulation and the difficulty we had. But he is present right now at God's right hand for all that we need uh, in, to give his spirit to us. We have uh, in his uh, ascension that sure pledge that where he is, we also will one day be. Um, that's another benefit. Jesus prays in John 17, 26, uh, when he's leaving that, Father, um, those you have given me, may they be with me where I am to see my glory. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to see the glory. Um, uh, he sends his spirit in earnest. We talked about that. Second uh, uh, Corinthians one twenty is particularly one twenty to twenty two is particularly helpful. There is that Christ in his ascension seals us to the day of redemption. He fills us when we need it. He anoints us as his little prophets, priests, and kings in himself, and he sits at uh, God's right hand. Um, so let me encourage you that when you're thinking about uh, your day, today, life, 
to awaken each morning and, and have a faith focus on the ascension of Christ, that, that Christ is ready and able and willing to serve you, that even though he's king of kings and lord of lords, the perfect prophet and priest king according to the order of Melchizedek, he's serving as the heavenly minister in the temple not made with hands. Um, in that third tier, uh, that, 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 that third heavens that Paul speaks of, kind of mysteriously, but in that created place that was typified in the tent and tabernacle on earth, that pattern that Moses was given, um, Jesus is in the reality. He's not in the model. He's not in the replica. He's in the reality in heaven, and Jesus serves. Jesus serves. So he still puts into action the, the, and, and, uh, what, what he tells us to do uh, by his spirit, and that is that if anyone would be great, let him let him be the, the servant of all. For the, for the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Well, he continues to serve. Even in his enthronement glory, he continues to put into practice Philippians 2.3 by considering others more significant than themselves because Hebrews 8.1 and 2 tell us he's the heavenly servant. He's the heavenly minister. He's the heavenly pastor. And, and so if you have been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above. Each morning, think about Christ at God's right hand in your nature. See him visually in his beauty and glory through the word, of course. And see him seated at God's right hand, enthroned, having accomplished all that you need for life and godliness. Everything you need for salvation, everything you need for sanctification, everything you need for glorification. All right. He whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Those he predestined, he justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Everything we need. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Jesus says as his final words, I'm going to leave you physically absent because I'm going to prepare a place for you at God's right hand. But I'm going to give you myself fully um, through my spirit. So I'll be spiritually really truly present with you and he is uh, in a special way each day uh, spiritually truly really present, but especially in the preaching of the word and in the lord's supper in times of worship in times of trouble so that's a those are the things of the sanctific uh, for of the ascension that that come to mind that i think yeah. the heidelberg catechism helps us with helps us to really yeah rejoice in. it's so helpful because it just it it does elevate and and change the way that we think about this this event in Christ's life and in the history of redemption. That it's not it's not the kind of closing credits where it's like, well, you know, and then Jesus ascended, and that was kind of the end. It's it's a climax, you know, where all of these things that have happened lead naturally to this point, and all that Christ is doing and will do and promises to do um, happen because of this ascension. And so it's something that, in terms of the history of redemption in terms of our theology is is central to Christ being the Savior, Redeemer, and Mediator that we need. And because of that, there are all sorts of practical encouragements, and I just appreciate you drawing that out and would encourage our listeners to to spend time thinking about that, that as you talk about what about Christ, you know, is your conversation always kind of past tense, maybe especially with our kids, you know, they can be very well-trained and rightly trained to think, you know, Christ died for our sins, which yes. is true. But but are we also confessing, and he has risen, and he has 
ascended, yes. and that changes the way we live now. Amen, amen. I, I, I think sometimes we think uh, merely of the past. Uh, Christ is on the cross in the past, or that was something that happened in history. We think of the future coming of Christ. Both of those, we're, we're to have that uh, retrospective and prospective view, but here and now, right now, he wants us to have the view of seeing him ruling and reigning and and full of mercy and grace. And if I may, two more scriptures. I, I forgot they say the same thing, but most important with this is um, Romans 8.34 um, and, and, and Hebrews uh, 4, uh, verses 14 to 16, that he lives to ever intercede for us. It's also Roman, um, I'm sorry, Hebrews uh, 7, at the end of Hebrews 7, that he lives to ever intercede for us. And just thinking about that, that when we pray, it's another application, I'll keep straight real quick, but to think about as we go to pray, that he's, we're entering into his prayer time. He's already praying for us that our faith wouldn't fail. He's already praying for us for all the things that we'll need. It's amazing, interceding, praying for us. That's another way he serves, and it's another way that will encourage us to pray with him and to him um, and through him to the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'd like to learn more, you can find resources about this and many other topics on our church website, www.catoctin.org. That's www.ketoctin.org. You can find out more about the work of Pastor Biggs as the regional home missionary of the Presbytery of the Mid-Atlantic at www.joiningtheharvest.org. If you found this episode to be useful, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. If you have questions that you would like us to answer or consider in a future episode, you can send those to us at shepherdsvoicepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we encourage you to join us for our next episode of The Shepherd's Voice.